My name is Jamie Urbina, and I am the pastor that oversees the young adult ministry here at Calvary Vista. We meet Monday nights, and and we have a blast. And you can, uh, I would love to ask you just to continue to be in prayer for that group, for that ministry, a vital time in those young adults' life, those formidable years where they're making uh, very large and, and, and impactful decisions for their life, whether if it's school, career, getting married, big decisions going on, that the Lord would just continue to be a part of their lives. I would love for you to partner with us in prayer. Uh, if you guys have your Bibles, can you please turn them to the book of Genesis chapter 32? Genesis chapter 32. Um, a little time warp here, but I was thinking back to the year 1991. Where were you at 1991? I was a freshman in high school at uh, El Camino High over there in Oceanside. And believe it or not, when I was a freshman in high school, I weighed a mere 98 pounds. I was a tiny, tiny guy in high school. I'm not tiny anymore. I'm still just short. That's it. But then I, I, I was uh, much smaller, and uh, yeah, I decided to go out for the wrestling team because, well, because my brother was on the wrestling team. He had wrestled a couple years. A bunch of friends of mine were joining the squad, and, and uh, I knew the coach, and I thought, oh, yeah, I'll give this a shot. So um, I went and uh, started wrestling. And I found out I was actually quite good. This is my first experience doing it. And, and with the, you know, the, the cohorts I had in my, um, you know, that, that weight range, the 116 pounders. Well, we used to wrestle every week to find out kind of who was the top wrestler. And, and I became the top wrestler many of those weeks. And, um, you know, I was real, you know, confident all of a sudden and, and real excited until I found out the reward for that top, you know, wrestler in that weight class was to take the vacant spot on the varsity squad in that weight category. And what I found was the wrestlers that I was facing, well, they were much older. They were much more experienced. Uh, it's a nice way to say these were mutant knuckle dragging upper, you know, classmen, and they were uh, totally jacking me up, twisting me up in, into a pretzel, and um, it wasn't a pretty sight. Uh, I, I actually uh, got the nickname because, you know, for most of those matches, I was kind of flopping around and trying to just, you know, not get pinned because that's how you, you know, you win by pinning your opponent to the mat. And um, I, I got the nickname the fish because I was so good at flopping around, you know, on the the mats. Um, but, you know, needless to say, it wasn't a good experience for me. And so after the year was over, you know, decided I wasn't going to go out, uh, you know, for the, the wrestling team. It just, it just didn't fit me. I wasn't a fighter, you know. I was, I was much more of a lover. And so I, I uh, threw in the towel Gave them back that uh, gross outfit they made me wear, which actually had a lot to do with me not wrestling that next year uh, as well. But yeah, it just wasn't for me, you know. I just couldn't do that. And and it's so funny, like even in today's day and age, you know, where where uh, you know um, the ultimate fighting and and this mixed martial arts has kind of had a surge in popularity, you know. And and it's not just you pinning those guys down. No, you win by by like knocking the guy out or choking him or breaking his bone, like making 
making him him bleed and that's like that's so crazy like that's their jobs that's that's how they make a living like you know hey how was work today it was a nightmare this guy choked me out and he was punching me and attacking me like ah oh, man that was stress me out i'm just not cut out for anything like that at all but you know even though I wouldn't consider myself to be much of a fighter, uh, you know, I was thinking about how much the Bible is chock full of rhetoric that's, it's not only just on a, you know, a competitive nature, but it actually likens us to being believers, to being a fighter, a soldier, a, a warrior. But then also I was thinking how on the flip side, well, the Bible also reveals that we have this other capability. Man, I know I have a, a capacity to be quite a fighter when it comes to contending against the will of God for my life. And maybe you too, that's been exposed to you as well. Well, you know, our conversation tonight, I, I want it to just really be open. Something you guys are, are just listening. Maybe this is for you, uh, to be encouraged in this, but, but our conversation is going to be uh, taken from a, a snapshot of the life of a man named Jacob. Many of you know the life of Jacob. You know that story. Abraham's grandson, you know, he was son of Isaac, the promised child. And, and, uh, Jacob was a man whose default, well, many of you know, he had a human skill set, this ability to work and scheme and manipulate certain situations to where he would get what he would, you know, want. He would come out on top. Jacob would be the beneficiary, and he did that quite well. But there came a time in the life of Jacob where he met his ultimate match. It's when we're told Jacob wrestled with God. And for us, really, I believe tonight is why I wanted to bring this up with you. I don't think it's going to be too hard for us to pull some application from Jacob's story tonight. Because when I think about my life, I really think you guys too, we all experience the struggles that there are in our day-to-day. There's quite a a myriad of opportunity for you and I to experience struggle. There's struggle in just living in today's day and age quite hard, surrounded by all these temptations that we are surrounded by. We're we're challenged by our flesh that's always contending, wanting to do its own thing, wanting its pleasures, and and it's pulling at us and nagging. I know that there's that struggle to know what's right, especially in today, this culture, and it's morally shifting, you know, uh, um, you know, characteristic. Um, You know, I know it's even a struggle for some of us to find what God desires of our lives, what he wants us to do, the challenge that exists with, with not even knowing the future and what it holds, or, or even the challenge maybe some of you like me have in our past, knowing where we've come from and kind of those leftover effects that are still there. But listen, despite those struggles, I believe tonight that as we read through this story and consider this moment, we can pick up some insight to gain some uh, maybe new or even renew these encouragements and reinforcements. I know Christ desires that we know, that we trust in, and that we utilize when it comes to the, the struggles that we're faced with, especially the one within ourselves. 
You know, in that capacity that sometimes we find ourselves contending with God's will for our life. So uh, follow along. Uh, Genesis chapter 32. We're going to start at verse 24. I really encourage you because, you know, how Moses writes this, he refers to, to God using a capital H. And, um, you know, when he says he, and then Jacob is the lowercase he. So verse 24, it writes, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he, Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Stop right there. Quite a wrestling match to be wrestling with God himself. This uh, story of this man, we find out from Hosea that, that Jacob was actually wrestling with the Lord. We find out at this point of the story in Jacob's account, well, Jacob is on his way back home from some unfortunate years of him, you know, dealing and struggling because of his own actions with his uncle Laban. Jacob is on his way back home and, and he's on his way to, to meet and confront his brother Esau, another problem in Jacob's life. This brother whom he was estranged to. He had cheated and tricked Esau for the birthright, which was that privilege and blessing given from father to the firstborn. Now he's on his way, coming face to face with his brother, hearing that his brother might want to take his life. That's where Jacob's headed. And with all that kind of on his shoulders, Jacob now finds himself face to face with God. What would you do if you were face to face with God? Man, I know a great many things that I would probably do, but I would not do what Jacob does. What does he do? He's fighting, wrestling. He's contending with God. Jacob, whose name literally means trickster or con artist, is wrestling with God, and, and, and usually he was able to squirm his way in and out of deals where he finds he can't manage his way out of this one so easily. This is where it gets interesting. Just in that, those couple verses, we see that this wrestling match, it lasts all night long. And when it was morning, we're told that God, he did something. He touches Jacob's hip, puts it out of socket. But then we see God, he calls out to Jacob and says, hey, let me go. And Jacob starts demanding this blessing as he's clinging on for dear life. This dialogue between he and God is, is going on and, and God says, you know, what's your name? He gives him a new name and explains there in verse 28, you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. The New Living, New Living Translation reads, because you have fought with God and with men and have won. And that's where my mind goes, what, what just happened here? Because from my perspective, you know, Jacob is, is crippled now because of God touching his hip. He's, he's clutching to this man, clinging to him for dear life. 
desperately demanding a blessing, it doesn't look like Jacob won anything. It's like the guy who comes in from a fight telling us he won, but he's the one with two black eyes and the missing teeth. It just doesn't make sense. But you see, when God is involved, listen, when we allow God to be a part of those things that we struggle and wrestle with, even our own, the ones that go in in our own hearts and minds, listen, losing does, in fact, mean that we're that we win. Are you confused? Of course you are, because I am too. Jesus, he, he puts it another way. Jesus, when he was sharing with his disciples, he says this, he who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. And, and there, when Jesus was talking to that, that, that group of disciples, just like they were confused then and we are confused today, Jesus was pointing to an important principle when it comes to kingdom living, how things are lived out and where true success, where true victory is found. Jesus was teaching that there's a perspective that you and I need to have when it comes to to our lives and and the goals that we may have, the desires that that might be and exist in our heart, the aspirations of love and success, the desire for good things in this life. Listen, those are not bad things. But listen, sometimes they get the best of us. And sometimes that's when our flesh gets involved and we think, what do I have to do to make this happen? And friends, that's when you and I start to wrestle and contend with the Lord. That's when we we start to ignore his spirit and start to rely on our flesh. But listen, again, those things are not bad. But what Jesus is desiring is that you and I, that we would surrender these things to him. All of those things that we desire of, of our dreams, our goals, you know, for family, for life, whatever you name it. Hey, we, we are to put them into his hands because blessed is the man. Happy is the person that does so. The opposite is when you and I, we, we hold on, we grasp on to those good things thinking we got a hold of it. We're going to take care of it holding on to our own plans. And, and again, that's when we're wrestling. That's when God has to wrestle our hands open just so he can maybe take something out of the way or put something in its place. It's only when I surrender and submit that I will truly find victory, that I will truly find life. That's when we win. Jacob had surrendered. He clung to Jesus, and therefore he prevailed. You know, I love what Cory Tin Boom once said. Cory Tin Boom and her family were Dutch Christians during the time of World War II. Her family, uh, you know, felt the burden and acted out, helping many Jews escape the Nazi Holocaust. And her and her family were in prison because of their actions. Corrie ten Boom has an amazing testimony. But Corey wrote, don't wrestle, just nestle. That's it. Don't wrestle, 
just nestle. You know, I mean, one of my favorite things is snuggling with my, you know, two young boys. Actually, you know, one's not so young anymore, and, and he's so big it's awkward when he tries to. You know, his knee goes in, in not so good places. But my, my little one, I still, I, you know, I still can snuggle with Shep, and it's like one of my favorite things, just to snuggle up and watch a movie and have him close. I don't know how much, you know, longer that will go on, but, but as a papa, I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. You know, and, and when, when sometimes, you know, they get hurt and, and I want to be there just to kind of bring them close and to comfort them and, and, and they're kicking and screaming and I can't do that, it's, it's so hard. All I want to do is just convince them to, hey, calm down. It, it's going to be okay. I've got you. Your papa has got you. We're going to take care of this. Everything's going to be okay. Don't wrestle. Don't fight. You just nestle. Don't fight with the one who has your best interests in mind. And when it comes to Christ, when it comes to you and I as his children, and he's telling us, instead of contending, and just realize that I have your best interest in mind. Just let go of these things that you're holding on so tightly to and just grasp on to me. Just hold on to me. And instead of resisting, man, Jamie, you'll experience the rest that I have for you. Just trusting in me that I'll take care of all of these things that are in front of you. All these things that you struggle with. I will be your peace. I love that. My question to you, as I ask myself too, is what are you wrestling with? What What are we struggling with? Are we resisting the spirit when it comes to just sin in our life? Because that too is a form of contention when we're, we're fighting the spirit, telling us to let that go, get rid of that, move away from that. Are we contending with God, maybe in a, a present situation that you find yourself in tonight, feeling that God wants to take something away, maybe just for a season? Or maybe he wants to give some responsibility and he's finding opposition. What are you wrestling with, struggling with? I know that I've been wrestling myself with discontentment. Looking around and thinking, I know what's best for me and my family. And that discontentment is something that I start to plan and scheme just like Jacob would do. How can I change things? How can I better our situation? And the Lord says, hey, that's not your fight. Don't contend with me. Just rest in the fact that I have you and your family exactly where I want you. This is where I can bless you. This is where I want you. There in verse 27, I love this. The Lord asks Jacob, hey, what's your name? Do you really think he didn't know Jacob's name? Of course he knew his name. You know, I love it when God asks these questions because it's not like he doesn't know, but what an opportunity that is to respond. And and really what he's asking Jacob is, what are you all about? What are you all going to be about? What's going to define you? Because when I ask that of myself, and I'm very genuine, sometimes some ugly things come up, if I'm honest. But it helps me to redirect my attention to get my perspective, if, if I truly believe that I am a child of God. 
Well, that's when I need to obey. That's when I need to strive instead of changing my situation. I need to strive to surrender. And surrender is something that is needed daily. Amen? It's something that we need to do daily. Surrender this flesh. Man, to to put on the likeness of Christ and to listen to his spirit where it's leading. I love this. He says, hey, what's your name? And when Jacob tells him, he said, hey, that's no good. I got a new name for you. And you know what? I think the Lord sometimes wants to rename us. Maybe we've been living for something totally different than him. And he wants to take away what defines you and, and give you a new definition. And maybe, that, maybe that's us here tonight. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word, how it exposes so much, Lord, of who I am and what you call me to be. I thank you for your Holy Spirit, Father. Your Spirit, Lord, that that has the ability to uh, fill me, give me uh, the, the ability to live for you with a right heart, the ability to see and and sense your leading, the ability to hear from you. Lord, when I, I need that direction and I need that word. And Lord, I, I pray, Lord, tonight as your people respond to you and to your word, Lord, that you would meet us here in this place. We, we've joined here, Lord. Yes, we've planned this event. We've, we've planned, uh, you know, these um, moments where we're coming together to, to, to talk about you and to worship you. Yes, these are all planned by man, but Lord, we know that we can still in faith be expectant for you to fill this place, for you to meet us here, for you to perform a, a transformation of heart and mind. And so, Lord, even now, yes, we plan to be here, but Lord, you already knew that you wanted to work in us and through us. And so we surrender tonight, here and now, in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.